Hey everyone, welcome back, episode 27, and um, man, this is like getting to be like a recurring theme, but fuck Duncan, man, so I work at a, at a gas station, we know this, everyone knows this, don't need to catch anybody out, but just in case, maybe you started at 27, maybe that's your thing, you know, maybe you start podcasts 20 plus episodes deep, you're like, fuck the first 26, give me that 27 you know, that's where I pick up. And to you, fair game. Welcome. Uh, so I work at a gas station. We have this breakfast pizza there, right? Now, when I was in high school in Kentucky, they made this rectangular breakfast pizza, and the sauce was like white gravy, like sausage gravy, and then it had cheese and sausage. And, bro, I would drop hella money on Fridays. I would buy at least three to four pizzas because I used to come to school super baked. Everyone knows this. I would go to school high as fuck, and I would fucking sit down in my first period study hall, and I would just eat, take a small nap, and get ready for the day, you know? I'm here, but I'm not I'm not here, you know? So I was like, fuck it, let me give this shit a try. And it's pretty fucking good. It's a pretty good breakfast pizza. I'm not gonna lie, after I ate the first slice, I've got that shit probably like... Man, I probably had like three out of the five days I worked, I had a slice of that to start my day off. Well, to end my day, rather. It's kind of like my dinner. I would just go home and then go straight to bed. So I did that again today because it's like 288. It's like a pretty decent slice. It's like a quarter of like a 14 inch pizza. So it's like two slices and I get a discount. So I tried that, right? So that's my new breakfast thing, right? But I still wanted to go to Dunkin'. I get my mom a donut every Friday. I get people in my house donuts and I get myself a nice uh, sweet treat. You know, we've covered this. So I go into fucking Dunkin'. Different ladies at the counter than I normally deal with. She's asking me what I want. And I was like, uh, let me get a Boston cream. Immediately after I said, let me get a Boston cream donuts, she snaps back, how many donuts do you want? I was like, well, fuck, like three, I guess. Like, I didn't know that was like a requirement. Like, I just want a couple donuts. So I replied, let me get a coffee roll. A coffee roll is like a, it's basically a honey bun, but a little different, a little more cinnamon-ish, cinnamony, cinnamon-y. Um, but it's pretty good. And then she replies after that, well, that's not a donut. I was like, okay, bitch, like, if you would have just let me fucking say what I wanted, we wouldn't have, you would just have two donuts in this coffee roll, but you fucking insisted I tell you how many donuts I wanted, and it's up there with all the fucking donuts. It's not a muffin. What the fuck is it? So after that debacle happens, I go through, I get my shit, and the normal lady I deal with pops up, and she's like, you getting your sandwich today? Gives me a little point. Uh, man, I wish I had a camera. These p- pantomimes are fucking hilarious. She goes, you what, you getting your sandwich today? I was like, man, uh, I got this breakfast pizza over at my job. It's, a, you know, it's addictive. Like, it's really fucking good. So I'm gonna pass on the sandwich today. And then she just gives me this look like I, like me and her were in a relationship. We were committed and in love. We sang Paramore in the car to each other. And I cheated on her. And then just walked away. And I was like, damn, like, my fault. Like, I didn't know... I didn't know we had this, you know, I didn't know we had this thing going on. I thought I was like a customer and I could, you know, order whatever I wanted and you guys would just, you know, make it when I ordered it. Then as I'm leaving, I heard somebody say, well, I already put it in the oven. Like, well, that's on you. If you didn't confirm an order, you shouldn't make it then. That's not on me. I'm glad we're at that level where you guys know my order. I come in once a week, like, you know. And then, like, to be honest, the last time I got that breakfast sandwich from Dunkin', I wasn't even hungry, so I didn't even eat it, so I wasted, like, $5. So I already had something to eat. I got my fucking, man, I heard Coke with coffee 
doesn't exist anymore. Um, I'm really sad because that was like the, the bloodline. That was the fuel source of this podcast. Um, so I want to have like a small moment of silence for Coke with coffee and uh, the American market, which didn't appreciate it. All right, that was long enough. So now I bought this Red Bull and it's like the baby cans of Red Bull because it's 80 milligrams and your boy, ever since I had a panic attack after drinking like a, a nasty ass, like, and I don't mean nasty in a bad way. I mean nasty and like shit ton of caffeine. I put like two espresso shots in this coffee that were like 40 milligrams. So it was like, it was probably like 130, 140 milligrams of caffeine. And I had a panic attack that night. I think other things led to it. But ever since then, your boy didn't drink caffeine for like, and I mean any caffeine for like a month. So now I'm really sensitive to caffeine. Uh, so this is like 80 milligram. And this said dragon fruit. It's the green Red Bull. This shit, motherfucker, I know what pineapple tastes like because I fucking hate pineapple. I don't like pineapple flavored shit. I don't like pineapple fruit. I don't like pineapple juice. This is a pineapple Red Bull that's disguised as dragon fruit, all right? That's some bullshit, bro. I'm fucking pissed. So fuck Duncan, fuck Red Bull, and welcome. Welcome to this week's episode where I start off trashing Duncan and shitting on another soft drink I don't like. So... Well, I was still going to drink it because it was like 250. Man, I like I'm telling you, I don't like pineapple and I know what pineapple tastes like. That's it. That's what it tastes like. And it's not I don't like it. But now that we're five minutes in, you got a little anecdote of uh, Dave's day. I had a weird fucking night at work. Honestly, a few things that happened I didn't like. Um but I don't know. Some people like those stories. And I feel like other people are like, dude, who gives a shit what happened at your fucking gas station job, you fucking clown? We don't care. Um, but I will say, working at this gas station, uh, especially overnight, I wear my AirPods, only one of them, keep the other ear open for, you know, business, business uh, communications. <laughs> but in my other headphone, I will listen to podcasts, I will listen to videos, I will listen to Netflix shows. I will listen to all forms of media. And man, this week, I took a big, long stroll. A big, long, waxy-daisy down uh, Nostalgia Lane. And people on here who've been listening know that I have a, a quote and a take that I will live and die by, that nostalgia does not equal greatness. Except for when I say it does. Because it's, I don't even think it could be like nostalgia. It's only like 10 years. Um, it's really just like a, uh, a, an era of my life that was very formative and I feel like this, I feel like it was like the second coming of the nineties, but without all the whack fashion trends. Well, maybe there were, there was a lot of cringy shit back then. Eh, okay. It's kind of like the nineties. It's like the second coming of the nineties. And what the second coming of the nineties was, was the 2010 era. Now, if you're like me and you're 20-something, I'm like 24, if we went to school together, if you're in my age bracket, or even if you're a little bit older than me, you probably remember the 2010 era as the, in my mind, the end-all, be-all era of my existence so far. And I'm only 24, so it's like half my life, you know, half my life ago was in the best time that I remember uh, so far. 
until we get to like Ready Player One levels of VR, then I'm going to say fuck 2010 because I could just live in it virtually. But until then, I downloaded an app. And this app is an app I used to use in 2010. Now, if you're not into like hip hop culture, if you never downloaded a mixtape back in the day, uh, some of you might not even know what like a real mixtape is or what that means. You might just know like the word, but I don't think you understand. Like mixtapes back in the day, man, they were the coolest shit. Man, mixtapes back in the day for me was like more important than an album because like you had to have mixtapes to get an album. So it was like building up your Pokemon deck. It was like building up your comic book collection. Um, it was like building up your Steam library, you know? If you didn't have a Steam library, you couldn't be a streamer, you know? So that's what mixtapes were. And I've talked about, especially in the Super Bowl episode where I shit all over that dog fucking shit excuse for a halftime show that everyone lost their minds. I feel like the Joker when I say that. I feel like Heath Ledger, everybody loses their minds. That's how I feel when you motherfuckers gawk over shitty, uh, just wolf tickets, man. Like, ugh, everybody loses their minds when they see Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre dance around on, on a fucking stage. It's disgusting. But anyways, getting off topic here. I've talked about how important hip-hop culture is to me. Uh, rap culture, rap music, hip-hop music, whatever you want to say, um... It's very important to me. It's been very important to me since I was like nine years old. And I went out to visit my dad and one of my cousins had a rap song on iTunes. Now, I didn't know you could just import music onto iTunes back then. Like, you could just import a CD. So, like, I thought it was like, holy shit, he's on iTunes. But it was really just like he downloaded his, you know, music from a CD onto that PC and then put it on iTunes. Anyways, that's when I was like, damn, bro, you can just rap, like... I didn't know that was allowed. Like, I didn't know you could just rap. I thought you had to, like, get permission or something from somebody. I was a young, dumb, fucking nine-year-old. But ever since then, I wrote shitty rap songs in my notebook in school. I downloaded everything from Eminem to Tupac to Biggie to Immortal Technique, Nas, Jay-Z, uh, 50 Cent, all kinds of shit, right? Growing up. That's why I was into early 2000s rap, you know, that 90s shit, that hard shit, you know. And then I grew up a little bit. And by the time I grew up, it was 2010. And in 2010, I had, a, you know, a cell phone like most kids my age and I could start downloading apps. Now, there was another app I used called Datpiff. Um, if you don't know what Datpiff is, it's like this other app I'm going to tell you called Spinarilla. Now, Spinarilla and Datpiff were like... Man, it's, it's almost hard to put into words how important these apps were for me. These two apps allowed me to find music that was not on iTunes. There wasn't Spotify back then. I don't even know when Spotify came out, but even if it was out, it wasn't popular. There was iTunes or there was fucking LimeWire, and LimeWire was old. So it was either you found it on YouTube, and you listened to it on YouTube, or you uh, found these other apps and these other websites. So... I downloaded Spinarilla and I used my old login and sure shit, all the music from, it was probably like when I was in high school, like more towards a senior. Um, but like most of this music I found when I was in like middle school. Now, there's not many things I would consider myself like an expert on or many things that I would consider myself 
kind of hipsterish. Like I found that shit before it was cool. When I was in high school, I was almost known as a hipster for this reason. When I found a lot of like music in the 2010s, I found it through these apps. Um, this is a quick list that I wrote down this week of like things. And this is no in particular order. It's just how I remember finding things. So I remember I found Childish Gambino, uh, the mixtape cul-de-sac that came out in like 2010. Uh, the G easy mixtapes, those came out like 2010 as well. Endless summer must be nice. Must be nice. I think is like counted as a commercial album, but it was a mixtape before it was an album. Um, Drake mixtapes. Now, I found Drake mixtapes because my brother, my oldest brother would like pirate them for me. And then this, um, I had like a, when I was like 13, I somehow made friends with this dude who was in high school that was way older than me. A really good friend of mine, a lot of good memories with him. And he would burn them for me as well. So there's a lot of old Drake mixtapes that people don't really know about that came out way before like the idea of Drake. Like I'm pretty sure he was still on Degrassi or like right after he got off of Degrassi. And was like dipping his toes into the music. And there are so many good fucking songs on these old mixtapes. Like October's Very Own. Um, Mr. October I think is what it was called. But great mixtapes. Um, ASAP Rocky mixtapes before he was popular. Kendrick Lamar mixtapes before he was popular. A lot of these mixtapes now are counted as albums. But I'm telling you back in the day they weren't albums. They weren't commercial albums they these were like street projects that got put on the internet basically uh j cole's mixtapes uh the earliest j cole mixtape i've listened to came out in 2008 but i probably found it around 2010 and then he had subsequent mixtapes come out as well um i've seen mac miller when he was called easy mac um on spinnerilla and dat piff so before mac miller was even mac miller um this kid named skizzy mars who's from manhattan uh, really, uh, another good artist that I really fucking like that doesn't get enough love. Um, this, this white guy named Hoodie Allen, which back in the day, Hoodie Allen was fucking lit. Uh, and then Black Bear. I remember when Black Bear, uh, before he was on the fucking radio 24 seven, his mixtapes were hard to find. And like the first like big commercial thing that Black Bear had was this sample. It wasn't even a sample. It was like a section of his song. Um, fuck, what's that song called? Hold on, I'm gonna filibuster while I open my Spotify because I was listening to it earlier and I liked it. Uh, of course, it's gonna take forever to load now because I need to fucking look at it. Don't you hate technology? It's called Valley Girls. Um, that shit was on Vine and it was like, uh, you know, Vine was six seconds, but they would take the six seconds of the song and they would do a bunch of memes with it. Uh, so I found Black Bear off that shit. Um, Logic, now I found Logic probably 2011, uh, but still off mixtapes before his album came out, and Big Sean, so Big Sean, I think doesn't get enough love, uh, I found Big Sean on the Finally Famous mixtapes that also became an album, so that was a weird list, uh, I'm still getting used to like doing notes and shit, sometimes I think I'm better when I just fucking go off the top of my dome. But the 2010 era of like rap and different apps and social medias and all that like coming into existence at the same time. And you had this influx of talent that has like, 
I can't say like withstood the test of time because it's only been like a decade, right? So a lot of people can't be hot for a decade. But when I think about like just three of those names that were on that list that I mentioned, three of those names, if you can't guess which three I'm talking about, yeah, I'm not going to insult you, but you don't know any, don't ever tell me you know about hip hop. So Kendrick, J. Cole, and Drake, those three names alone, arguably been dominating for 10 plus years now. Like, Drake and J. Cole both got nominated this year for Album of the Year, I'm pretty sure. Um, So that's crazy. Kendrick hasn't put out an album since 2017, so he's kind of fell off a little bit. Um, There's a big debate. People have always said that's like the trifecta of rap. Like, those are the top three in this new era of rap. Those have always been the top three since they've came out respectively. Um, my personal opinion, I think J. Cole is the greatest rapper of this generation. Um, I know there's a bunch of Kendrick fanboys out there that are going to disagree. What my argument would be to you is that J. Cole is J. Cole has this almost super that clipped out so hard. I have to turn that down a little bit, I guess. Um, J. Cole has this uncanny, almost superhero ability to write a song that anyone can relate to, no matter what background you've come from, whether it's, you know, socioeconomical or cultural or uh, even like a racial background, right? If people want to break it down like that, which I fucking hate. I hate the fact that in 2022, it's like... (laughs) Now, there's a big conversation about race again in hip-hop where, like, I finally thought we crossed the bridge where, like, hip-hop is for everybody. Everybody can be a part of it. Everybody can make it. Everybody can appreciate it and enjoy it and share it. But no, now it's, like, back to, like, you know, whatever. I'm not going to get into all that. What I'm going to say is that when I listen to J. Cole and I think about my life, there are so many ways I can relate to what he says, how he says it, the story he tells. Um, And, like, man, J. Cole's hip-hop knowledge is... Man, you could really tell he's a student of hip-hop, and that's something I've always strived to be. Even, like, when I when I dabble in making my own music, I've always had giant inspirations I pull from uh, albums, artists, um, just a bunch of shit, right? And when I listen to J. Cole's music, especially back in the day, like, he used so many Kanye beats, uh, Jay-Z beats, uh, just, these, just these lost gems of hip-hop that I feel like a lot of people don't appreciate. And so growing up, I really appreciated what J. Cole was able to do on the mixtapes. The Come Up, The Warm Up, and then Friday Night Lights is the trilogy of J. Cole mixtapes. And then you get the sideline story, which arguably takes... There's at least two like really good fucking songs from Friday Night Lights that ended up on uh, Sideline Story. And I'm pretty sure J. Cole leaked his own mixtape when he got signed to Rockefeller. Um, Because, like, you know, there's that famous uh, song where he samples Jay-Z talking about how there's somebody eating fucking Fruit Loops at a fucking (laughs) cereal table. And he's writing and he's working and he's coming from my spot. Because for the longest, Jay-Z was at the top, which I also agree with. Um, Nas is great, but Jay-Z is just not a businessman. I'm a businessman. You know, Jay-Z was always a different animal, a different beast. When I think about the fact that I was able to grow up in a time where not only J. Cole, but Drake and Kendrick and even Mac Miller, like Mac Miller gets so much shine from other people just for what, like he was able to take this different style, like 
if you listen to Mac Miller's discography, he starts off very like almost frat rap, which a lot like a lot of people I guess don't understand with like Asher Roth and Chris Webby and Mike Studd and uh, even Sammy Adams, a bunch of these rappers that came out in like the late 2010s that would almost like capitalize off the fact that they could play at college shows because, you know, black people weren't welcome or they didn't want that image of like, you know, thug hip hop. This was like friendly white hip hop. And you can see Mac Miller kind of ride that wave, but also understand that he's not those dudes either. Uh, And then you see Mac Miller get into his later stuff where he starts to experiment with, you know, uh, live instruments and just great sampling and artistic expression almost in a sense like good am is a great mac miller album that kind of separates mac from like like party mac to like party and drug mac to like artist and introspective mac um and sadly you know mac passed away so that like that's all we have it's a definitive discography i don't count the post thumos album that's just me personally i don't like I don't like when artists die and then either their family or people want to put out unfinished music. It just feels disingenuous. Like, that might not be what they wanted. And it could be great. I've heard there's some great songs off of, like, the Postunos album from Mac Miller. I just, I don't know. I'm hard-headed and I'm stubborn, so I refuse to listen to it. I don't think I would enjoy it. It's the same way, like, XX Tentacion, um, his Postunos album. I listen to it, and then when I listen to it, I just get sad. Uh, because you could tell they're just demos, and uh, man, there's a collaboration with X and, and Kanye on that Paul Thumas album, and it really gets me when I listen to it, because X was really inspirational for me, and Kanye is a huge inspiration, so when I listen to that, I'm like, damn, is this really what they wanted, or is this just what they wanted to put out, you know, but when I think back, and I listen to this music, I just think back of a time where, like off top, a lot of the memories, <laughs> this is kind of cringy to say, but like when I think back on this music, uh, a lot of this stuff off this list I wrote down, I just think about being like, you know, 16, finally having like a learner's permit where I was allowed to drive and I could go, you know, smoke weed with my friends and listen to just the newest shit that was coming out or partying with my homies and having, you know, good shit to listen to, like... I remember me and uh, one of my good friends, well, it was like four of us in a friend group, and me and one of my friends were always kind of tasked with like the aux cord or with finding people music or controlling the music at the parties just because we had a real good sense. Like me and this friend of mine really dug deep into like hip hop culture and understanding what was popular at the time and what was coming out. And even though I'd say he has more of like a... It's not a diss. I don't mean like the word trendy. I said I tend to think that the word trendy is bad. But that's just because I'm a fucking loser. And I've always been kind of an outcast. So like whatever the thing is that everybody's doing, I I generally shy away from that. I'd rather do something else. It's just the hipster in me, I guess. Um, but even though we were on two separate sides of rap, like man, we would find the coolest shit or we would find certain bangers or um just certain artists that were coming up. And, dude, when I think back to just, like, how much hip-hop's changed in, like, the past 10 years, it, it really does blow my mind. And when I listen to these old mixtapes on my Spinnerilla, um, I guess I kind of miss the artistry of hip-hop, the competitiveness, uh, the the want to, like, share a voice and a story rather than uh, promote your clout or... 
I don't know, man. A lot of shit nowadays seems contrived. It seems like everyone's saying the same thing a different way, which can be cool. I'm not going to shit on like all of hip hop that's come out. There's definitely really good shit still. I just feel like back in the day, man, when you had Drake and J. Cole and even Childish Gambino all coming out, it felt like there was this competitiveness to show a different side, to show a different perspective, to create a better album, to create a better concept. And nowadays it just seems like who can who can get their fucking who can get their audio trending on TikTok? You know, who can get I guess it's always been like that though, you know what I mean? But it just seems now more days I feel like people treat rap as a way to get rich. Which I guess it's always been that way, but it was also like I'm gonna get rich off of like the artistry. Like even if you look at somebody like T I, right? T I is a is a kind of a hidden gem for me. It's something like really street uh, and like Dirty South, some shit like you wouldn't think I'd be into, especially with my taste in hip hop. But T.I. has this way of being lyrical and like, I guess for the culture and down with the streets at the same time. When I listen to some of T.I. shit, you know, I really get, like I said, I get that different perspective. I get stories. I get, you know, T.I. had a whole concept album of T.I. versus T.I.P. Now, if you don't know, T.I.'s real name is Tip Harris and he used to go by Tip, but there's a rapper named Q-Tip and they had like a beef over it, so he just ended up being called T.I. But even back in the day, man, T.I. mixtapes I'd listen to, like Rubber Band Man or uh, Trap Music before it was like a genre, before trap was even a genre, it was just like a word. It was just like an idea of like trap music, and now it's like a whole genre. Like you have a whole genre of trap. When back in the day, that like that's some shit people don't really understand, I guess. So I guess for me, when I when I see this shit evolve, and I see less and less of like, I don't want to say true hip hop, because I guess like, I guess like hip hop's really like, uh, I don't know, it's hard to explain. I guess that's the problem with it. Like hip hop's definitely like a, a state of mind, like it's a state of being. Like you can't, like, it's hard to act hip hop, you know? You kind of have to know about it, you have to feel it, you have to live it and breathe it. Uh, you have to like really immerse yourself in it. Like you can be a fan. But to like really be hip hop, to really be down with it, like, I don't know, man. Like, I got my ass beat for that shit. I got made fun of for years. So I feel like I'm really involved. Like, ever since I was nine, I've been enthralled with the art and the craft of it. And when I listen to old old shit I used to listen to, man, it makes me, it makes me kind of realize why I'm so selective with, like, music I hear. And I really think it's a big reason I'm really into, like, British hip hop at the moment you know, for the Brits, you know, across the pond, they really haven't had hip hop for a long time. Like in America, we've had hip hop since like the eighties. We've had rap since the eighties, bro. Like Sugar Hill Gang and, um, oh shit. I'm forgetting all the DJs now because I'm on the spot. Uh, but like Sugar Hill Gang, uh, fuck kid kid flash i think i'm not even gonna go the dj route but you had like slick rick ll cool j you know krs1 you know cats from the 80s rock him uh yeah a lot of good 80s shit that i really can't man i'm clipping out today when i do that i gotta stop doing that (laughs) but a lot of good shit i can't think of we've had that shit for like almost 50 years now you know 40 40 something years the brits have probably only had that shit like since the 2000s maybe they've like barely had it and even in that time they've had it, they haven't had anybody blow up. But now you have people like Stormzy. Like, Stormzy's blowing up. You've probably heard a Stormzy song. 
um, or even the guy Wiley, who like he had a beef with. Uh, I recently found this cat called Slow Tie. Uh, he's really fucking good. Um, but when I listen to British hip hop, I feel what I, what I used to feel when I listened to 2010s hip hop. When I would listen to early 2000s hip hop, was that competitiveness to want to I don't know shake up the game to do something different to really state your name and make a claim. I don't really hear that a lot anymore. I hear a lot of people that say the same shit on a different record, on a different beat, and it all seems watered down to me. It all seems like everybody, like, Logic said this on a mixtape, bro, like, nowadays, everybody's a rapper, and I hate that shit, because you're fucking not. That shit is a hobby for you. That shit is something you thought was, like, fun with your friends, and, like, it's such a, I don't know, is that elitist? Is that the word I'm looking for? It's such, like, a... It's a bad mindset to have, but at the same time, I feel like the same way I said I didn't like people freaking out about that halftime show, because that's not hip-hop to me. That's commercial as fuck. That's a sellout. That's fucking taking something we love and kind of bastardizing it for fucking profit and for people to gawk over. That's not hip-hop to me. Like, what would have been hip-hop to me is if everybody went up there and, like, just fucking refused to fucking do the the best 30 seconds of their most popular song and just fucking made a statement about some shit. That would be fucking... That would be hip-hop, you know? That'd be hip-hop to the core to fucking make a stand, go against commercialism. That's how it started, bro. It's like, all right, you won't let us say what we want to say. We'll go make our own shit, and we'll fucking put it on these tapes. That's how mixtapes started. We'll make our own shit, and we'll distribute it by ourselves, and we'll fucking... That's how we'll get our shit out there. And, you know, slowly and, and slowly over time, they started seeing people could make millions of dollars from that shit, and, you know? That's why I really think... You know, especially Logic growing up really got to me because Logic was independent for the longest. He had Visionary Music Group. That's what he had. He didn't have a label backing him, you know. He didn't take a deal right off the bat. And, uh, yeah, i just been listening to that shit all week, and I felt like maybe I should talk about it. And I feel like this episode's kind of rambly, but uh, I don't know. Maybe that's what you guys want. Maybe you want somebody to ramble on about some shit you never heard about or something that's important to them. And when I look at this list, you know, Almost everybody on this list besides shit, besides Hoodie Allen, Skizzy Mars, I guess. Yeah, Hoodie and Skizzy are like the only two people on here that, and like Skizzy blew up in his own way, I guess. But like even then, Skizzy's like always been, you know, he's a black dude from Manhattan that makes kind of left center records. It's not real rap. It's kind of like melody. It's really cool. I fucking like it. I guess it's like white people rap, but he's a black dude. So, you know, it's cool to listen to. And then Hoodie Allen... That's just straight up white people rap, but it, he had some bangers back in the day, like no, uh, no sleep in Brooklyn, uh, two lips, uh, no interruption, good fucking bangers. But like, just when I look at this man, like, it, even Big Sean, I feel like Big Sean has slept on. He had so many good, dude had at least three fucking banger albums back to back to back, like. All three of them had some hit shit off there that blew up, uh, like from Finally Famous to uh, Hall of Fame to like Dark Paradise, I think. All three of those have fucking, like, I Don't Fuck With You, Beware, uh, My Last, like, so many good songs out there. And you have ASAP Rocky, you know, he's got a fucking kid with Rihanna now. And from then we got ASAP Ferg, you know, we got a whole different branch of like Harlem hip hop that like arguably like without like tumblr and like shit that was popular in 2010 never would have saw the light of day like asap rocky got big off tumblr and tumblr like isn't even that big of a thing anymore but in 2010 bro 
that's where everybody got their cool edits for Facebook. Like, you know, you know my swag, not my story. Those fucking old, like, text things where it'd be, like, some dude in a snapback and then, like, a quote with different, <laughs> with different like, fonts and, and colors that people would post, you know? And, like, I guess now it's the same shit, I guess, but at least back then, that was, like, blogs where people were talking about, I found this really cool music, it's really great, and I really like it. And to where now, it's just like, oh, yeah, I heard five seconds of that song on a TikTok. Like, my homie, uh, my homie Trevin... I know he won't mind me saying uh, his name on here because that's my boy. Uh, my homie Trevin, I work with down here. He's really into Kodak Black. And for the longest time, I it's not that I didn't like Kodak Black. It just wasn't for me. But I gave him a shot because I was missing my homie one day. I was like, let me listen to my homie's favorite music. Like, what would my homie listen to? And I started telling him about that Jack Boy diss he did, like Super Gremlin. And he was telling me he was actually pissed off that, like, that song was blowing up on TikTok. Because it's like, people don't appreciate all the good shit, all the good music and albums Kodak's made. They just listen to that song because it's popular or it's on TikTok. And I guess that's why it pisses me off. It's like back in the day, man, when I had to listen to a mixtape or I found it, the fun in it was like listening to the whole mixtape, having all these songs that, I don't know, weren't on the radio or weren't popular but were really good. And I feel like that lack of discovery is kind of a, a thing I miss. I miss being able to find shit that like was hard to find because you didn't have Spotify and, you know, you didn't have money to pay for every song you wanted on iTunes. And these fucking albums and songs weren't available on iTunes, you know? I remember when I bought Childish Gambino's first album called Camp. I had to buy it off, like, Amazon Music on, like, my Kindle Fire because I didn't... It wasn't on iTunes. It was only on, like, certain... And that was, like, indie, bro. That was indie back then to be, like, on Amazon Market, bro. That was, like, an independent thing to do. Because you weren't signed with a label to distribute, like, dis- uh, distribute it. And, you know, even Drake, man. Like, Drake was, the, like, a thing I had to buy off iTunes. Like, that was my splurge. That was my big thing. Uh, also, this just popped in my head because I was talking to my buddy about it. Lil Wayne gets slept on, bro. Any one of y'all that's into hip-hop or thinks you're into hip-hop, if you don't give credit to Lil Wayne... You're a fucking poser, man. Like, everyone listened to Lil Wayne. When I was, like, dude, when I was 12, 13 years old, there wasn't a more popular guy on this earth than fucking Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne was the god back then. And I really think Lil Wayne is one of the most humble rappers. Like, Lil Wayne never asked for homage. Lil Wayne never asked for the shine. Like, Lil Wayne is so comfortable in his spot in hip-hop. It's something I strive for because Lil Wayne is, like, he's arguably top five for me, like, ever, like, top five to ever do it, like, Lil Wayne changed the game, Lil Wayne made rap kind of like a second surge of popularity, like, like, when Eminem came out, and I hate to fucking give Eminem credit, because I'm a fucking huge hater, when Eminem came out, it was, like, cool for white people to, like, rap, but, like, when Lil Wayne came out, it was, like, it was cool for, like, white people to like, like, hood rap. You know what I mean? Like, when Lil Wayne was popping, it was it was okay for you to like it. It was cool for you to like it. Because, like, everybody likes Lil Wayne, you know? And, man, his, like, his mixtapes, too, bro. Like, the Dedication series. Man, I still remember, like, my buddy, like, the whitest dude I ever knew. Fucking knew every fucking word to the ice cream paint job freestyle by Lil Wayne. You know? And that was cool to see, bro. To see somebody who... 
I don't want to say he was opposed to hip hop culture, but he's definitely not. He like nobody, nobody in my school besides me was wearing like fucking Jordans and like rocking snapbacks. Like I used to get made fun of for the way I dressed with my baggy clothes and shit. And then I got in like my hipster fashion and like my <laughs> my junior and senior year where I started wearing G Easy was a big inspiration for that too, because uh, G Easy had like that whole fit like. G Easy had this whole '50s aesthetic vibe when he came out, and now he's like he still carries that, but he also tries to play like the street dude. So it's cool to see like things change over time. But yeah, man, I just I think back to like so many different things that have changed or kind of been forgotten over the years, and now it's like it seems to me like only like Kendrick gets praise anymore when there's so many other people that fucking and like don't get me wrong, Kendrick's important. He shook up the game, like. I guess that's my problem with Kendrick. Like, Kendrick became, I don't know, I don't want to say, like, a mouthpiece, but to me personally, Kendrick became, like, a kind of, like, too big for his britches. Like, he really took all that shit that people said about him for, like, five to six years and just kind of, I don't know, man, just kind of, like, I want to say fell off, but, like, it's, it's true. In my opinion, Kendrick fell off. Like, I'm sorry, like, To Pimp a Butterfly was okay. The Untitled album was all right. It was a bunch of fucking, I don't want to say half-baked, but it was a bunch of fucking bullshit, like, stuff he made in the studio. He just threw in a compilation and called it an album. Damn was a really good album that he came back with, and now it's been five years and we haven't heard a peep. He's just doing TDE shit and, like, whatever, but I don't know. That's why I give props to, like, J. Cole and Drake. Like, at least J. Cole and Drake have remained consistent. Like, you can say what you want about Drake, but Drake changed the game as well. Without Drake, you don't have any of this emotional shit or, like, different takes on uh, tracks. Like, Drake was the first dude to start, like, singing and, you know, being, like, emotional on a track or talking about, you know, his problems with women. Like, I know everybody that's my age has remembers being sad and singing Marvin's Room when a girl broke up with you. Like, y'all confront all you want, but, like, most of this shit I'm saying, some of y'all are going to relate to. Or are you going to fucking be like, damn, that's... That's true. I remember being sad and listening to fucking Marvin's Room. Because you did, bro. You did. Take Care was a phenomenal album. And even besides mixtapes, which I've been rambling about, there's so many good albums that came out in the 2010s. Like, that whole era from, like, from like 2008 to, like, 2015, like, when I graduated, is such a golden era for me, man. You have Good Kid, Mad City, Born Sinner, uh, Take Care, fucking... <laughs> uh live long asap you have chanel orange which is a frank ocean album but it's still fucking amazing uh you know fuck what else there's a lot of good mixtapes too but i, I don't want to get off of the mixtapes but even mac miller's first album <laughs> damn bro i just thought about y'all remember when wiz khalifa was the hottest dude out taylor gang you know damn it's another dude gets slept on wiz khalifa was dope he was like the the stoner rap era. Forget about that stoner rap shit. Even then, another man's that was slept on Hobson, bro. Hobson had great mixtapes. He had the Raw album. It was a mixtape, but, you know, Ill Mind to Hobson. You know, I know everybody fucking has heard that a million times, especially if you're a white kid. You know? Hobson. Dizzy Wright. Dizzy Wright doesn't get enough shine for me. I found Dizzy Wright because I used to stay with my dad in Vegas. And uh, I think I knew this lady who, like, did some work with, like... I don't know, like a talent, a talent agency or something. And she told me about this cat, Dizzy Wright, who made music on the other side of Vegas. And, uh, yeah, man, 
I'm getting lost in my own thoughts talking about this shit, but it's something really important to me, man. And I don't know. Like I said, I feel like if the first thing they did in VR were like if you get to like Ready Player One levels of, you know, VR, that's the first thing I'm doing is like just living in 2010 where I can pretend, you know, all this fresh music just came out, bro. And I can pretend I'm going to a party with my boys again on the weekend or we're throwing a house party or something. Like that's the first thing I'm doing, you know. I remember just being like 13 and I didn't have a lot of friends back then either. So when I would find like a new mixtape or a new album or a new rapper to listen to, I would really like binge on that shit. I would indulge so much. I would learn every word, every verse. You know, I would fucking memorize the beats. I would try to learn where they came from. And yeah, man, I would just walk around my neighborhood <laughs> at night or in the morning or whatever. I would just walk around with my headphones in, like listening to this music that shaped me as a person. And I guess that's why I'm so hesitant to like new shit is because it doesn't give me that same feeling. And maybe that's just because I'm older now, but I don't think so. Because like when I listened to this shit this week, I guess it's a lot of it was nostalgia, but also a lot of it was like those songs still hit, bro. Like those songs still are arguably better than shit coming out nowadays. And I guess that's why, you know, like I said, it's okay when I do it. If I say something's nostalgic and good, it's true. But if people on Twitter say it, they're fucking lying. You know? I'm just kidding. But <laughs> but I really do uh, think that that era was something that passed us by. I don't think a lot of us stopped to really like appreciate it while it happened. Because, uh, you know, we got new shit. You know, there's more and more new social media and new music and new artists and new things to do that I don't think we really appreciated like how much that was I know I didn't for sure because when I look back on these albums and mixtapes I just really I miss it and I don't know if I miss it for the fact that like most of these songs and and albums are tied to like memories of really close friends or really good times in my life or really bad times that I learned shit from or if it's just the fact that like they're withstanding the test of time like maybe in another 10 years I'll revisit them and they'll hit just as good and maybe it'll be for the same reasons, or maybe it'll be just because they're that fucking good. And when I think about half these rappers on this list that have continued to become superstars and legends, I tend to think it's because they hold up over time. And it's not just nostalgia. If these guys were flashes in the pan, like only two people on this list aren't like megastars. Logic, megastar. Childish Gambino, uh, megastar. g Easy, like him or not. Maybe not Megastar, but pretty fucking popular. Drake, Megastar. ASAP Rocky, Superstar. Kendrick Lamar, GOAT. J. Cole, GOAT. Mac Miller, GOAT. Like, even Black Bear. Black Bear is a singer, like, back then. And, dude, Black Bear has so much good music. And now he's, like, on the radio and shit. But even when he wasn't on the radio in, like, 2016, 2018, his music was still slapping, bro. I remember in 20... I think it's, like, 2017, he had an album called Cybersex. And he had Cameron on that album. And I was like, damn, this fool got Cameron from the 2000s on an album? That's just dope. And like, you know? But, yeah, man. I just really miss that era, I guess. I really miss that that discovery, I guess. That feeling of finding new shit that nobody knew about. And watching them blow up over time. Uh, especially when I listen to Old Logic. 
Logic was even inspired by like J. Cole and Childish Gambino at that time. Like when you listen to the early and I don't know how people feel about Logic. To me, I think Logic is Logic's definitely in my top ten of like if I had to rank like my personal favorites, Logic's in my top five. Logic is a huge reason I started rapping like seriously and perfecting the craft and practicing it a lot. But even then, like, Logic was always one of my favorites to listen to. And a really good friend of mine in high school showed me Logic, uh, even though I found him, like, on my own through, like, a double XL thing. My buddy would show me, like, these mixtapes that I was missing out on. Because I would really only listen to, like, whatever he had on YouTube. Uh, so my buddy would, like, show me these apps where I could find the mixtapes. On his first mixtape, he samples a J. Cole song from a J. Cole mixtape. And then on the, like, then he has, like, a Childish Gambino remix. So, like, to watch these rappers feed off each other back then and show homage to each other. And, you know, like, Logic would shout out Kid Cudi and, and, um, and, uh, Mac Miller. That's another one I didn't put on this list. Kid Cudi, bro. I didn't find his mixtapes, but, bro, I've been listening to Kid Cudi since that first Man on the Moon album. And Kid Cudi is a huge inspiration of mine. Uh, if you don't like Kid Cudi, whew, you're, you're missing out, man. But... You know, I don't see that same, like, I don't want to say collaboration or, like, respect, but I don't see a lot of rappers nowadays, like, I guess nowadays it's, like, corny to, to, to remix somebody's track, you know? It's corny to, like, draw inspiration to where back in, like, 2010, Logic was like, damn, these dudes are, like, these are the hottest dudes out. He didn't sample, like, I don't know, bro. Who was, like, fake popping back then? Like, DJ Khaled? <laughs> you know, he wasn't, like, sampling those records. He was sampling, like, up-and-coming guys. And nowadays, I feel like if you sampled a guy that's up-and-coming, he would just call you a clout chaser. He would just say you're trying to get big off him. Where it's like, nah, like, I really fuck with your music and I respect what you're doing. Like, we're both out here. I'm showing a different perspective. I want to take that same thing. Like, even, like, Logic took uh, Kool-Aid and Frozen Pizza. He took that beat and did a, and did a song on it on his mixtape. Uh, he did, he took this song from Childish Gambino called Do You Like, uh, and did a whole shit on that. Um, man, I sound like a fucking loser right now and I'm rambling, but like, I just like, I have so much appreciation for that era of rap and it really shaped me as a person. And I don't know, I wish more people knew about it or were that into it like I am. I feel like people will say they were and they really weren't and that's okay. But, um, yeah, I just been listening to this music all week. So I kind of wanted to talk about it. Um, this episode might suck. I think I've just been rambling uh, for like 40 minutes. But um, it's something I had to get off my chest. It's something I wanted to talk about. And I can't stop listening to it. So um, there'll still be a weekly recommendation. But right now, I just want to run through uh, some recommendations that you could probably find these on YouTube. And some of them are now on Spotify and other platforms because these artists are huge now. And they wanted to like give back to their fans that have been with them forever. Uh, for Logic, these are real simple. Uh, let me just, let me just get it straight from the source, you know what I'm saying? Let me just, let me just open up this bad boy. Uh, so, I'll actually start with J. Cole, because I know this off top. Uh, really good J. Cole mixtapes, if you want to go in order. The Come Up, and then you have The Warm Up, and then you have Friday Night Lights. Those are like a trilogy that are really good. Um, the Logic mixtapes, uh, if you want to go in order, are Young, Broke, and Infamous is his first one in 2010. Then you have the first Young Sinatra mixtape, and then Young Sinatra, Undeniable. So those are three really good ones. Uh, for uh, 
Childish Gambino, you have Cul-de-Sac, really good mixtape. And then there's another mixtape that came out in between camp and because of the internet called Royalty. Really good. Uh, Skizzy Mars, if you want a mixtape for him, it's called Phases. Really good mixtape. It's really old. Uh, then you have uh, the Macadelic mixtape. Really good uh, mixtape by Mac Miller. And then Faces. I'm pretty sure everybody's heard Faces now because that's on like Spotify. Uh, and then the original Kids mixtape is also on Spotify now, which is really good. Um, Finally Famous. Good mixtape series by Big Sean. Uh, for G-Eazy. Endless Summer. And Must Be Nice. Uh, this is an honorable mention because I didn't talk about him on this list because a lot of people don't like him. But MGK had a really good mixtape back in the day called Black Flag. Really good. Uh, underrated. Nobody talked about it. Uh, as far as albums, if you haven't heard these, what are you doing? Uh, good Kid, Mad City. Really good Kendrick Lamar album. Born Sinner. Uh, like essential J. Cole album. Take Care. Really good Drake album. And you could even follow that up with his... Uh, Man, was Take Care... That can't be it. Thank Me Later. Thank Me Later was 2010. Take Care was 2011. Really good Drake albums. Section 80 by Kendrick Lamar was originally a mixtape. That's on Spotify as well. Um, And then... What else? Hobson, Raw. Really good mixtape. I'm trying to think. Uh, Hoodie Allen's got some good shit. Black Bear, uh, good shit. ASAP Rocky. Yeah, I think I covered all of them. Big Sean. Go back and listen to Hall of Fame by Big Sean. That album is highly underrated, in my opinion. Really good album with a lot of bangers. Um, but yeah, hopefully that wasn't boring or, um, I don't know, too rambly. It's something I wanted to get off my chest, but when I, when I think about that era, my mind just starts to race because... I just think about more and more shit that I used to listen to and that my buddies and I would, you know, share back and forth. And, you know, um, one of my buddies in high school had this, it was like a 95 Honda Accord and he had like, I think it was just two fat ass 12, 12 inch subwoofers in the back, bro. And man, we would, we would bump those things every day, everywhere we went. Always had to have some fresh shit, uh, in the speakers. (laughs) Damn. That was a good time. Those were good times. But yeah, so if you if you stuck around, thanks for listening. Uh, give me some pointers if you didn't like that. Hopefully I can get a guest here soon so I wouldn't just be rambling by myself. I'd really love to get... I, my goal is to have him be the first in-person guest. Uh, it's my buddy. I'm not going to say his name because I don't know if he wants me to. Um, but I want him to be the first like in-person guest. And I'd love to go back and forth with him about uh, just our music and shit in general. And just talk about that era. But yeah. Uh, until then, I have an, another weekly recommendation if the music wasn't good enough for you. Uh, this one's a movie. And it's a it's somewhat of a newer movie. It's not that new, but it's not that old. It's called Drive. Now this movie is fucking amazing. Uh, Ryan Gosling. Um, this movie made me believe of how good of an actor he is. Now, I've always liked him, but I've only seen him in, like, certain things. The one movie I think I really remember seeing him in was Gangster Squad, which is about, like, Mickey Cohen and a bunch of, like, gangsters in L.A. in the 50s. Pretty good movie, but, like, not the best, like, acting thing. Now, I know he was in, like, The Notebook and, like, a few other, like, rom-coms or whatever. But I didn't know a whole lot about him. I hadn't seen a lot of movies he did. But I got recommended uh, this movie called Drive uh, by these guys I used to work with at the pawn shop. Now... 
it's almost like it's one of those roles that like he doesn't have a lot of voice lines but the way he acts with his face and his expressions and his body language and the very few lines he has man it's a fucking trip it has a great like i don't know what it's called it's like it sounds like 80s techno music but it's not 80s but it has a great fucking soundtrack it's a really good story um, if you've ever seen The Great Gatsby with Leonardo DiCaprio, the chick who plays Daisy Buchanan, she's in the movie Drive. She's a beautiful blonde woman. Don't know her name, but she's great. This movie is amazing. It's got a great soundtrack. And like I said, it's one of those movies that like, man, like, I don't know if you could take it. Like if you put a different actor in there besides Ryan Gosling, I don't think it works out very well. And, uh, yeah, it's a great movie. It's got a great message. There's a lot of symbolism. Uh, and the soundtrack is fucking great. Uh, but yeah, check it out. It's not that long of a movie. I don't know where you can find it, but fucking rent it on YouTube. People sleep on fucking YouTube movies. You can rent like most movies on YouTube for like three bucks for 48 hours. Uh, so check it out. It's a really good fucking movie. Um, I appreciate you if you made it this long. I know this episode is kind of weird and kind of un uncensored. That's not the right word unorganized maybe it's just kind of me talking about music and shit that i like from the 2010 era and uh yeah i'm gonna really try hard next week to have a really banger episode with a lot of good points and thought out shit to say um but this week was kind of just i didn't have a really good week uh like a week ago last week episode 26 25 i had a lot of stomach problems i didn't eat a lot i had a lot of personal shit going on uh, so I kind of just been kind of out of it for the past two weeks, uh, but I'm feeling better. Uh, got that shit under control, uh, knocked out some, cut off some bad fruit from my tree of life, uh, this past week and, uh, I'm ready to get back to it. And thank you so much for all listening. We gained another follower. Um, did I talk, I didn't talk about the mystery downloads. Uh, somebody in like New York, New York, like it looked like Manhattan listened and then somebody from Indianapolis uh, Indiana. So shout out to you in New York and Indianapolis. You probably didn't make it all the way this far, but, uh, since you're a mystery downloader, hit us up just last week, podcast at gmail.com. Still waiting for one of you weirdos, uh, from a different place. Who's never met me to hit me up. Cause I'd love to talk to you. Probably shouldn't call you weirdos. I take that back. You're not a weirdo. I'm the weirdo. Um, but yeah, uh, as always follow us on Spotify, grab some old lady off the street uh, slap her and tell her to fucking follow this podcast. Tell one of your friends, that, tackle one of your coworkers, put him in a fucking arm bar and steal his phone and make him fucking download and subscribe to us on Spotify. That's not you know, like in a video game. I'm not saying do that in real life. So don't fucking do that and blame me. All right. But fucking do it. Get us some more fucking followers. I want to be at 25. That's the new goal. 25. It's one quarter of a hundred. Boom. <laughs> but yeah, shout out to everyone listening. Uh, as always, Give this uh, episode a little heart, a little tap if you like it. If you don't, fucking don't do it. Give us a <laughs> give us a rating on Spotify out of five stars. Follow me on on Spotify, and um, eventually I'll get all these on YouTube. Um, I think I might just have to fucking hire somebody to fucking <laughs> put them on YouTube for me. Uh, but yeah, if you know me personally, hit me up with uh, any questions, comment, concerns, or a riddle. Uh, if you don't know me, hit me up at my Gmail, just last week podcast at gmail.com. Uh, questions, comment, concern, riddle. Uh, and you know what it is. I appreciate you guys for listening. Uh, and yeah, thank you. I'll see you next week.